Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, as well as the Unite, i.e. coalition of conservative and patriot groups, where our mission is to unite freedom-loving, America-loving Americans and magnify our strength and effectiveness in making and keeping America great, free, and prosperous. And while the politicians and the ruling class deserve all of the blame and condemnation they get, and more, ultimately, the fact that our country, freedom, and republic are at the precipice of destruction is due to not enough private citizens fulfilling the obligations of their most important political office, that of the private citizen. My uh, my guest today is certainly not one of them. Uh, she exemplifies the motto of our show, Deborah Polly. Uh, she's uh, unfortunately has taken a turn for the worse recently. She's become a become a lawyer. But before that, she was a great patriot activist, and I hear that she still is. She founded the Conservative Patriots of OC, and you can find them at that website, conservativepatriotsofoc.org. Uh, was a city council member, um, and general, all around troublemaker in Orange County. Um, welcome back to the show, Deborah. Thank you, Greg. It's always great to be invited here. You usually call me at about 11 o'clock, so I know I'm at the tail end of your list. It's like everybody else said no. But I'm going to tell you this right now. If you don't quit calling me a troublemaker, I'm going to quit saying yes. This is how I want you to refer to me now. Okay, you ready? Warrior, warrior goddess. I want warrior. you to refer to me not as a troublemaker, but as a warrior goddess. Can can you remember that? We yeah. are not worthy, O warrior goddess. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's always a lot of fun, and I love talking with your engineer before you join us. It's a lot of fun. Okay, I, I will. I, I will. I will try to remember. I'm going to put, make a note of that. <laughs> warrior goddess. Writing it down. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I, I, maybe yeah, that, that's quite a promotion. I I, um, I know. I'm, I I am envious. <laughs> well, we can come up with a new title for you. Just tell me what you want. <laughs> Apparently, anything goes right I'll, now. I'll, I'll, I will have to think about that, and but, but I want it to be a good title, but one that that, that uh, uh, passes the laugh test. In other words, people don't break out laughing when they hear it. <laughs> um. Anyways, let's, let's, we've got, you know, we always have three hours worth of important things to discuss and uh, an hour, actually 46 minutes of showtime to discuss them. So let's jump into things. And one of the first things is, uh, um, this next, next month, at the end of the month, uh, Donald Trump is coming to town. Uh, he's going to be one of the speakers at the, uh, Republican, state Republican party convention in Anaheim, along with Ron DeSantis. Vivek Ramaswamy and uh, and Tim Scott. Um, I hopefully that and I don't. It'd be nice to it'd be nice to have a good turnout to support Donald when he when he gets to town. And I'm sure the security is going to be in, in, exceedingly tight and difficult to do anything. But it'd be good to do something to uh, appropriately welcome him. I'm sure that that's in the works with the Patriot groups. They are so excited to have Donald Trump here. They still consider him their president. Uh, you know, I, I will, I've got a couple comments on that. First of all, he's got some private events 
that are occurring in Costa Mesa and Beverly Hills while he's out here that are fundraisers for him. The thing that, uh, you know, those of us who've been paying any attention to the feckless Republican Party here in the state of California realize it's probably bankrupt. And so, you know, the fact that he just he agreed to be their luncheon speaker, I think it's five hundred or six hundred dollars a pop just for a seat, probably in the back of the boonies of the room. That is all going to the CRP and they should be on their hands and knees just honoring him and saying thank you so much for helping fill our coffers because we're, we're dead in the water without you. So he's being very, very generous to speak to a group of people who many of the leaders are, uh, what we call never Trumpers. They don't like him. They don't support him. They're globalists. He's nothing but trouble. But when they need money, well, then that's a different story. Absolutely. And, and, and of course, bodies in the room support to turn out to support the, uh, uh, Republican Party, state Republican Party convention is, is also nice. Are you, are you, you have been a delegate before. Are you, are you still a delegate? I have, and I was for many years. I actually declined my delegate appointment this last go around out of, uh, disgust with what they're doing. I don't want to be involved with a group that, uh, really is turning its back on everything that we stand for and turning its back on the base. And there's a lot of discussion about the rewriting of uh, the party platform that's going to write out, you know, the adherence to the marriage being between one man and one woman. Uh, it, you know, as soon as they started honoring Bruce Jenner in drag as being a viable candidate for governor, you, you knew we jumped the shark. <laughs> it's like, really, this isn't viable. This is someone with mental illness and you are putting him forward as a freak show and you've just degraded our entire party platform by doing that. Right. I remember a great meme. It was back from the days of Monday night football picture of Howard Cosell, OJ Simpson and Bruce Jenner. And, uh, and Howard Cosell says, I've looked into the future and you're not going to believe what I'm going to tell you. Well, you know, I, I I have friends who are quite a bit older, you know, like well into their 80s, late 80s. And when you try to explain to them that Caitlyn Jenner is Bruce Jenner, the confusion on their face, they don't under, they cannot even grasp it because they remember him on a box of Wheaties. He was a man's man, right? And he was a great athlete, just, you know, one of the best in the entire no. world. He um, gold medal in the Olympic decathlon. I couldn't yeah. name all 10 events, but it's running and throwing and jumping and all a 10 different track and field events. And maybe not, maybe not the best in the world at each one of them individually, but you're, but you're able to be the best in the world combined at all of those events. So I mean, that, that he has to be, if not the one of the best at, in his, in his time, one of the best athletes in the world. There are, there are some people who think that his association with the Kardashians is what did it to him. But here, here's the thing. If you look at that and you can see just how dangerous the whole gender transitioning and pre- pre- preparation, uh, that occurs with that can be certainly to some, to younger people or those that are uh, tender of age and inexperienced. And look what it did to a grown man, you know, and, he, and there are reports that he says he, he regrets what he did. Yes. Oh, and, a lot of people do, and there are people that there are that, that specialize in trying to help detransition them, which which depending on how far you went, um, will will have varying degrees of of success. Uh, but even if you just did the drugs, 
those, those can cause irreversible changes in your in your body. You give it to the kids, and uh, you you can sterilize them for life. Never mind the surgery of cutting off parts that can't be reattached. Yeah, but it's just just the drugs can permanently sterilize them, causes loss of bone mass, interferes with mental development, and it's still experimental. They they have not used these drugs. They have they have not tested these drugs for the purposes that they're using them. And we're, we're going off into a direction here that I had not intended to go, but that's how our, our conversations is. It's like if you're discussing politics with somebody around the dining room table in your living room, you know, the, the conversation goes where it goes. Um, but let's, before we come back, I want to come back to the um, Trump versus DeSantis versus all the, all the also rands, but on this subject, and, I'm, and here's the point. Five years ago, if you had said, or even at least ten years ago, maybe five years ago, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have drag queens in the schools, and we're going to um, try to encourage children to undergo chemical and surgical castration, mutilation, and sterilization. Democrats would have thought you were insane, and now they're for it. And you're a, you're you're, not, you're now a bigot if you don't want your child to be uh, chemically and surgically. Uh, sterilized and and uh, and castrated and mutilated, and you look, you look the slippery slope. And here's the point: the slippery slope has no bottom. So, if we don't stop it now, you don't get off the slippery slide, slippery slope. Where are we going to be in five years? It is just everywhere, too. You know, you you th- when you hear these things, you think it's isolated, an isolated incident. And it's only happening over there, you know, in that school district. Oh, how sad is that? But um, we are seeing evidence of it everywhere. And more of it's coming out mostly because of, quite frankly, the COVID lockdowns when parents had their children sitting there in the living room on laptops, seeing some of the things that were occurring in the schools and getting more involved in what was happening in the schools. I, I'm sure you read about the, it was just recently, it just recently came out in the news about a, California mother um, who sued the school district, Spreckles Union School District in Monterey County, right? That's Monterey County, just settled for $100,000. That's a landmark settlement, supposedly, where they took her 11-year-old daughter, at the time her 11-year-old daughter, Alicia, and told her that she was probably upset because she she didn't know who she truly was inside. And they started this questioning her sexuality, getting her to question her sexuality, getting her to question whether she'd been given her proper pronouns, helping transition her without her parents' knowledge or consent. And it came out during COVID, uh, the COVID lockdowns, what was occurring. And that's when the the child's mother got a grasp of what was happening and got actively engaged and found out this was happening in the counselor's office. This was who she went to to get help when she was feeling, and I'm sorry, 10, 11, 12-year-old girls, 13-year-old girls, they are upset. That's <laughs> just part of it, you know. I mean, I went through that, and I, I went through it as one, and then I watched my daughter go through it, and all of her little friends go through it, and this is just what happens. What you do is you're supposed to help them, you know, just listen and sort through these issues, and, you know, it will pass unless you as adults do some extraordinarily and bizarre thing, like say, you know what? 
I think that the reason you're upset isn't because you're a 12-year-old girl. It's because you probably are a boy. Let's start pretending like you're a boy and don't tell your parents about this. And this is how it happens. And it's happened in uh, school districts here in Orange County. In fact, I'm involved in a case right now where it's, it didn't necessarily happen at the school, but it happened at an outdoor education camp that is, I believe, in your neck of the woods mm-hmm. out there near Lake Arrowhead and nestled against the uh, San Bernardino Mountain. It's called Pally Institute. Mm-hmm. Uh, or in a lawsuit with them. I'm not disclosing anything that isn't already public. Uh, against them and the Los Alamitos Unified School District here in Orange County. These these were engaged mothers. They did not even know each other. They are two different daughters, sweet daughters, you know, uh, young the youngest ch- child, you know. So these were in, uh, parents who were involved in the schools. Uh, they've had their kids go through the outdoor education camp experience because all kids get sent to that. It's a little bit, there's trepidation in that for many of these kids. It's the first time they've been sent off. It's the first time that parents are sending their children off for a while. So you, these parents were, they did what you should do as a, as a good parent, engaged parent. They read all the paperwork. They signed all the paperwork. They went to all the presentations. They viewed all of, you know, the, uh, experiences that they were going to have at this outdoor education camp. Here's the thing. This was a new outdoor education camp to at, la- at least that school district and probably several others. They had been using other outdoor education camps prior to COVID. But this one had opened itself up apparently, uh, in a different fashion than the others. And so they sent their Los Alamitos Unified School District signed a $30,000 contract with this Pali Institute sight unseen. They never even went out there to view it, to meet any of the counselors or what, what was going to be happening. They just took everything at base value. And when those little girls got off the bus, and of course these are, these are, they were 10 and 11, just like this girl, uh, in Monterey County. Same age, same age. This is when you start the work to start trying to bend the minds and frustrate the minds of these children. Children are already kind of confused, but they get off the bus, all excited to be at camp. And the first thing they do, they've got the counselors, they're all there, and they've got names like Tinkerbell and Daisy and Bambi. This is their names, okay? Mm-hmm. All all like cartoon characters. And I am they, them, and this is Bambi, and she is he, she, or whatever, and their name. And the kids are sitting there going, uh, they're confused. And it got worse from there. It got worse from there. And uh, here's the thing. The the one little girl was targeted, I believe. This is this is what predators do. They target weak. That's like it happens in the animal kingdom, too. You target those that have been identified as weak. So the shyest, little, sweet, well-behaved Christian girl was the one that was targeted by one of these counselors. And who's, I, I, I believe is no longer now with, uh, Paley Institute. But at the time, um, she targeted this child and, and was quite brutal with her. And I'm not going to get into the details of that at, at this time, but, um, the, the school district was on notice. This child cried herself to sleep every night. They would not allow her to call her mother. She wanted to call her mother. She was confused by what was happening. She, They had asked the question, are you a boy or a girl? Because these kids, these girls were all housed in a, a dormitory-style classroom or a room at night with this one counselor. And, you know, she was, you know, we, they couldn't tell. So they asked, are you a boy or a girl? Because they knew they weren't supposed to be. I'm sorry. I know it's a long story, but it's a true story. 
Oh, I have, I have, I have no doubt of, I have no doubt about that. And, uh, you, you can't, you can't trust your children to the government run schools. And the, if the parents even let it, it's because the parents should be accompanying them. And if not, kid, my kid ain't going. You can't trust these people with your children. And I don't believe for two seconds, a half a second, that the people in the Los Alamitas school district did not know what was going to happen at that camp. I think that it may not have been in writing. And may, there may not be an email, there may not be any paper trail, but I don't believe for two seconds they did not know and intend because that was exactly what was going to happen. But the reason why I jumped in here is we're past time to hear from our sponsor, who always like to has, have his commercial played during our program, and that is Ed Hoffman of United American Mortgage, the place to go for your real estate lending needs. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. Think about this. Your mortgage rate is at 3%, but your car loan is now at 10 or 11%. Over the past year, the average car payment has risen from $400 to $800. Rates on your credit cards have risen from an average of 14% up to 20% and higher. And across the country, credit card balances are higher now than they were before COVID. HELOCs are now at 10%. You don't want to touch your low-rate mortgage, but you're paying through the nose on all of your other debts, and it's hard to make ends meet. Solution? Do a cash-out refinance and wrap all your debt together on your house now and lower all your payments. Then, when the rates really drop next year, you can do a rate and term refinance when rates are really low and not have to pay the cash-out refinance fees to do it. If this idea makes you curious, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, Redlands Tea Party Patriots and Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups. Very pleased to have on this show, um, back on the show with a new title, Warrior Goddess, <laughs> Deborah Polly. I was like who, who in, in, her, in her role as Warrior Goddess has formed a great new group in Orange County called the Orange County Patriots, and you can find them at conservativepatriotsofoc.org. And when we broke for a commercial, we were, uh, Deborah was telling us about a case that she's working on where the, the kids, the school kids, government-run schools, were sent to a camp where they were subjected to this gender ideology and bullying and cut off from their parents. And uh, Deborah's going to wrap that up for us. Right. And I, I should probably point out that this case is being handled by Lex Rex Institute, a constitutional advocacy firm out of Long Beach, uh, California, they take on some pretty tough cases that a lot of other attorneys will not take on. You know, conservative attorneys are hard to find in California, uh, and it's a difficult, it's difficult case. But where, where we were in the story was what was happening to these children and not being able to contact their parents, uh, even though the one little girl was crying and asking for it. As I told you during the break, the one parent, there was, compl- there were complaints with the school district. And they knew about it, so they were on notice that there were problems with what was going on there, and yet they sent a whole another batch of kids out there. These two children, these two parents, these two mothers uh, did not even know each other until it came out that one mother was talking at a school board meeting uh, 
very upset about what had occurred without her knowledge. And the other mother's like, oh my gosh, that, that happened to my child too. And we're hearing other, other parents coming forward saying, oh my golly, I did not understand what was going on. So I, I tell you Lex Rex Institute because, you know, they've taken this on pretty much pro bono. And if your listeners are interested in helping these young mothers, they can go to LexRexInstitute.org and, um, just LexRex.org and make a, a donation to help them, uh, with this case. They, the first thing that, uh, Pally Institute did was they filed an anti-slap motion trying to say that we have a constitutional right to free speech out here. And the judge is like, yeah, that is not your free speech right to do this to parents, uh, you know, against their, without their knowledge. The, the parental rights, uh, constitutional right to raising your children and knowing what's happening to them trumps your right to free speech. You don't get to, you don't get to do that without letting the parents know. And they didn't let the parents know. And I think that's the big issue right there. Sure. Because, because very few parents are going to, oh, yes, we're going to, I'm going to test your 10 year old, whether she's a boy or a girl and confuse her. Right. And in fact, one of the mothers said, you know, if, if they just made me aware of it in the documents that we're going to be talking about this stuff, because she read every single thing that was sent home from the school. She's that kind of mom. And she said, if they'd have just told me and, and she'd be like, that's fine. Uh, but my kid's not going. She wouldn't have said anything about it. It's like, you made me aware. I'm, I am going to withdraw my child and we'll do something else during that week of outdoor education camp. We'll do some home, home kind of activities that I feel are right and proper for my family based on my, uh, political and religious sensibilities, but they neglected to do that. And that is where the real problem is. That's well, the real problem right there. The problem, I mean, it's actually broader than the government-run schools, but it's the entire government-run schools, is they, uh, this stuff is, they've accepted this. It's embedded in everything. So it's not just, well, we're going to have a day of, of uh, gender ideology, the sexual indoctrination, the sexualizing of children, the political indoctrination, it's embedded in everything from math to science to social studies, everywhere it's embedded. So you, you can't, you can't protect your child from it. My view is and remains is that, uh, um, if you love your children, if you love your country, if you love the Lord, is you cannot have your children in the government run schools. And there are, there are people out there that are doing yeoman's work and they're fighting courageously, such as Sonia Shaw in the, in the Chino School District. If you saw her video, uh, when they adapt a really radical, uh, parental notification initiative, uh, uh, resolution. And, um, but it's, you're, you know, you're the proverbial boy putting his hole in the, in the deck, trying to hold back the water. And I, you, you, you need to get, in my view, you can't have your children in today's government-run schools. You, you just can't, as this, as your what you sh- talked about here, that instance of this summer, this camp shows, you cannot trust these people with your children. That's sad because you should be able to trust the school. You know, this is this is something that we kind of all were raised to believe that there were certain institutions that were sacrosanct, and it was important to send your child there so they could be productive members of society, learning to read, learning to write, learning critical thinking, learning our American history, so that we can be socialized. But they're socialized into a, a healthy environment. But what they're trying to do is socialize children into an unhealthy environment. And that's one of the reasons that we're seeing an increase or have seen an increase of suicide among younger younger people 
Uh, and I think you're probably going to want to talk. I, I know you wanted to talk about um, AB665. And and uh, one of the reasons that they say they need to do this, uh, this particular piece of legislation, I hope we do talk about it after the break, is because of the increase in suicide, particularly among the LGBTQRST, whatever, plus community. But they've caused those mental health issues that have led to the increase in suicide among our young people. Well, yeah, they'll, they'll tell you, the doctors will tell you, the council will tell you that, you know, you, do you, you know, do, do you want a live son or a, uh, or a dead daughter? And, and actually the, the, the data is just the opposite is the suicide rate for children that have been trans is much, many, many times higher than for, than for other children. Uh, yes, we are going to talk about AB 665, the most horrendously evil bill the Democrats have yet come up with. And uh, But we're out of time for this half, so stay tuned for the exciting second half of Unite, i.e. radio, when we will still have the warrior goddess. <laughs> Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Unite American Mortgage and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM 590 The Answer. Think about this. Your mortgage rate is at 3%, but your car loan is now at 10 or 11%. Over the past year, the average car payment has risen from $400 to $800. Rates on your credit cards have risen from an average of 14% up to 20% and higher. And across the country, credit card balances are higher now than they were before COVID. HELOCs are now at 10%. You don't want to touch your low-rate mortgage, but you're paying through the nose on all of your other debts, and it's hard to make ends meet. Solution? Do a cash-out refinance and wrap all your debt together on your house now and lower all your payments. Then, when the rates really drop next year, you can do a rate and term refinance when rates are really low and not have to pay the cash-out refinance fees to do it. If this idea makes you curious, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, Redlands Tea Party Patriots and Unite, i.e. Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups, where our mission is to unite freedom-loving, America-loving Americans and magnify our strength and effectiveness in making and keeping America great, free, and prosperous. I was very pleased this week to invite back to the show a great patriot activist, uh, Deborah Polly, but uh, she has corrected me in our, in our first half. Uh, she is no longer a patriot activist or a troublemaker or anything like that. She is she is now a warrior goddess. <laughs> and uh, it is just I mean, we are we are not worthy. But <laughs> we're so we are so honored to have you uh, on the show. Uh, at the conclusion. Go ahead. No, I'm just so glad you're having fun with our our little conversation. That was good. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe, maybe we can get you t-shirt. We start selling t-shirts or buttons. There you go. Anyways, um, we started to talk about some of the really horrendously evil bills that are pending in the uh, California legislature, as Mark Twain said. Uh, in, when the legislature is in session, no man's life, liberty, or property are safe. And in California, that includes your children's private parts. Before we jump into the actual bills, um, recently Scott, Republican State Senator Scott Will talked about these anti-children, anti-family bills. I'm now in year 11 in the state legislature, and all the time we're proposing policies to protect children. After 11 years, I've come to a conclusion that we need to start protecting parents. 
That's just not happening. I've been here and witnessed a, a full frontal assault on charter schools, taking away parents' choice and how their children are going to be educated to the detriment, particularly of children of color. In recent years, we have put government bureaucrats between parents, children, and doctors when it comes to medical care. And now we have this, where if a parent does not support the ideology of the government, they're going to be taken away from the home. Now, I agree with both Senator Weiner and Senator Laird that today it only involves divorce proceedings. And frankly, a judge can already factor, factor this in. But I can assure you it's not going to end with divorce proceedings. In the past, when we've had these discussions and I've seen parental rights atrophied, I've, encur I've encouraged people to keep fighting. I've changed my mind on that. If you love your children, you need to flee California. You need to flee. We are moving towards the pathway of the hands made tale. California is becoming the new Juliet. And it just breaks my heart. I'm born and raised in this state. I love this state. I'm not going to stay in this state because it's just too oppressive. And I believe in freedom. And so I'm going to move to America when I leave the legislature. And uh, if you're a parent, if you're a parent of children, um, I think that is uh, that's good advice. Although this is you find this stuff all over the country, Either, even in conservative states, you find this stuff. There was a a bill or there was, I mean, some, there was some school district in Idaho that was teaching porn literacy. So it's everywhere. It's embedded. The, these people, the, the people in the government run schools, they go to these teacher colleges far left. And where they're in, they're indoctrinated into this stuff, and it's kind of maybe self selection is that those people, only those people that that, are, that believe in this far left ideology, are the ones that get selected, and the ones that actually can make it through the program. Because anyone else, anyone with an ounce of common sense, is not going to buy into the idea that boys can become girls, girls can become boys, and they were just born in the wrong body. Yeah. Well, this is obviously a tactic of. The communists, this is what Mao Zedong did. What you do is you get a hold of the kids and you create a division between the parent and the child and you separate them from the one who would love and protect them or be best positioned to do that. So this is all about moving our nation more toward communism. And you're right, Greg, it's everywhere. So when people talk about fleeing the state of California, I kind of bristle at that. Because, yes, I, I feel like I'm behind enemy lines quite often, but if we leave, uh, then it just will firmly implant, and it already pretty much has, but we, we are, we're seeing pushback now like we haven't probably in the past 10 years. More and more pushback. Mama bears, papa bears coming up and fighting. But if we don't push back, it's just going to continue invading the rest of the country. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Joseph Sorbonne uh, said that socialism always attacks three basic institutions, religion, the family and private property, religion because it offers a rival authority to the state, the family because it means a rival loyalty to the state, and property because it means material independence of the state. And we see uh, particularly religion and family, but also private property. But in these in these bills we're talking about, they're coming after the family. Um Vladimir Lenin said that uh, give us the child for eight years and it will be a Bolshevik forever. I think he's I think um, he's uh, I, th I think he's an adjunct advisor to the uh, Democrat Party as and the uh, California Teachers Association. Um, 
Let's go to these bills. You, you, you mentioned AB 665. I think that's probably the, the worst of the lot. Um, what does AB 665 do? Well, AB 6, first of all, uh, the principal co-author on the Senate side is Senator Weiner. So whenever you see Weiner's name, and, and it's so proper that his name is Weiner because he's just a big old Weiner. You know, he just, he just, he's a hot dog and he's just doing terrible things to our children. But when you see his name immediately, you know, it is something bad. Oh, what it, it, it's written under the family code. So it's supposedly helping children, but when you get right down to it, it's going to be executed under the education code where those children, where the schools and the government have access to children through the counselors that are there supposedly to help them. So for existing law, um, for many, many years, I mean forever, uh, any any child who's 12 years of older or older, they can consent to mental health treatment or counseling on an outpatient basis if the minor is mature enough to participate intelligently in the outpatient services. What this is doing, though, here is removing the additional requirement that the child must present a danger, and more significantly, under um, sub D, it includes that the minor, it used to be, you know, you would have to get your parental consent to participate in these things. This is a 12-year-old. This is a child who is as young as 12, 13, 14. When they say they're mature enough to make these decisions, uh, there is no such thing. That's why a child cannot consent to, con- can't contract until they're a, a majority, 18 years old. So, and even then, it's questionable whether or not they're mature enough to make these decisions. But it, it it always has required that the that the parent has been involved the, of this minor child to make these decisions. But now it's adding this unless the professional person who is treating or counseling the minor decides that after consulting with the minor, they've determined that involvement would be inappropriate. Now that's pretty open ended, isn't it? So you've gone to the counselor, you've got problems, just like this uh, little girl here in Monterey County or some that's happening down in, in Newport Beach and all throughout California. And the counselors thinks you need treatment. Normally, you would have to let the parents know we need to enroll your child in treatment. But you know what? We think that this would be inappropriate to let the parents know because of our interaction with this 12-year-old child tells us that letting the parents know would put the child in greater danger. That's really what this thing boils down to is further removing uh, the requirement that there's significant chance this child's going to commit suicide or the requirement. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. There is no, I mean, there's no, there's no due process. There's no check on any of this stuff. There's no, you don't have to go to court and prove any that somehow the the child is in danger or the parents are unfit or that, that there's, under AB 665, and because one of the, one of the things one, expressly in the bill, it allows one of the options for mental health treatment, quote unquote, is residential care facility. It says it in the bill expressly. You could send your child to school <laughs> and the purple haired communist counselor, Johnny, you know, Susie, you really want to be a boy. You're really a boy, aren't you? And your parents don't understand. They really don't. They don't, they don't support you. Do they know? Wouldn't you be much happier? In a, in a home with children like yourself, or by the way, there's no bedtime. You can watch whatever you want to watch. You can eat whatever you want to eat. Wouldn't you be much happier there? 
The kid, your 12 year old or your 12 year old says yes to that. And your 12 year old never comes home from school. And you as the parent, they don't even have, they don't even, they don't even have to tell you where the kid is, where your child is. It's that evil. It is that bad. And there's some other one, there's other really bad bills, but sometimes these bills can be stopped. And, uh, there's, there's been no movement forward here since June or, or maybe early July on this bill because there are, there are still, they are feeling some heat on this one. And you, if, 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 the, if the, even Democrats, if they hear from enough of their constituents, they'll pull back on this. Not, not, not Scott Weiner and the really far left ones, but there are other ones that they, they'll, they won't vote for it. And, uh, you can, one of the point, one of the best places to go to contact your legislature is realimpact.us. Put in your address. It will tell you who your legislators are. And you can even email them directly from the website. It also gives them your telephone numbers. Call them. It's even better than an email. A call. And you don't even, you don't have, you don't have to have a script. You don't have to know the details. You can, if you just say, don't vote no on AB665. That's enough. Call after hours. Leave a voicemail message. They'll keep track of those. And if they, if they get enough calls, these really bad bills can be stopped. Now, if you're really adventuresome, go to the office. Show up in person. That, that will count even more. But if you can't go that far, just make the call. Or, as like- Scott Wilkes said, flee the state. Well, no, that's, that's, that is, I don't believe that's an option. I, mean, I was just on the phone yesterday with Gina Gleason, who actually runs Real Impact. She was pretty fired up about some of this stuff, but, um, this was amended. What you're just talking about with AB 665 was amended in the Senate on June 12th. And really, we haven't seen much more action on it. So the other thing is saying, you know, we need to, you need to, you need to kill it. You need to defeat it. You need to not bring it to hearing. We don't want this. We believe in parental rights. You know, you've taken this thing way too far. And, and, and that pressure really does matter. But I absolutely agree with you, Greg. Uh, what they're doing with real impact is in fact having a real impact. And, uh, that's where the activist community needs to do its job. Whether you're a parent, or a grandparent, or just an aunt or an uncle. It should matter to you what is happening to these children when they're out of the sight of their of their parents. And to your point about the public schools, the the lists and lines are waiting lists at the private schools is significant. We have never had a situation where they're trying to figure out how to expand the private schools like we have now. Uh, the thing that needs to happen when they talk about defunding the police, maybe we should defund the schools. You know, the whole idea of a school voucher where the, the money goes with the child and then the parents make the decision where's the best place for their child to be educated. And really, only the parents know. That needs to be revived again. Maybe now is a good time for that conversation to occur. Unfortunately, and I, I would, I worked on the original school choice initiative and there was an effort to get a new one going for 2024 and uh, to, it has, it has come to not. We're going to pass another election cycle without a school choice initiative on the California ballot, even though it's something that, uh, uh, draws ma- substantial majority support, including among black and Latino parents who n- don't, who don't want this, maybe even more than white parents don't want this ideology foisted on their children. 
Uh, there's some other bad, really bad bills we're going to talk. We'll, we'll mention those, and then I have promised myself and our and our engineer that we're going to talk about human flourishing, and we'll we'll work that in into our uh, into our last segment here. After this word from Ed Hoffman of United America Mortgage, the place to go for your real estate lending needs. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage and host of the main event Heard Weekends right here on AM 590 The Answer. Think about this. Your mortgage rate is at 3%, but your car loan is now at 10 or 11%. Over the past year, the average car payment has risen from $400 to $800. Rates on your credit cards have risen from an average of 14% up to 20% and higher. And across the country, credit card balances are higher now than they were before COVID. HELOCs are now at 10%. You don't want to touch your low-rate mortgage, but you're paying through the nose on all of your other debts, and it's hard to make ends meet. Solution? Do a cash-out refinance and wrap all your debt together on your house now and lower all your payments. Then, when the rates really drop next year, you can do a rate and term refinance when rates are really low and not have to pay the cash-out refinance fees to do it. If this idea makes you curious, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, Redlands Tea Party Patriots and Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups. Very pleased to be joined this week by warrior goddess uh, Deborah Polly, uh, who in, in her previous life, in a previous incarnation, was merely an activist and troublemaker in Orange County. And now she has transcended that role into warrior goddess. Well, we were talking about some of the really bad and really evil bills that are still pending in the California legislature. Their session is extends into about mid-September, and uh, we talked about AB 665. That's the government kidnap your parents. Very briefly, at least the ones that I'm most concerned with, AB 957, which would, in any custody battle, give preference to the uh, parent that wants to chemically and surgically castrate, mutilate, and sterilize their children. AB 1078 that strips local school boards of their power to protect our children, and SB 596, which uh, uh, uses very vague language to threaten to criminally prosecute parents who speak out at school board meetings or who complain too vociferously to uh, school officials about what they're doing to their, their children. And all of those things, again, if you don't want them to pass, if if they if even the Democrats hear from enough of their constituents, they will not vote for these bills, and they can be stopped. And the best place, one of the best places to do that is at realimpact.us. Realimpact.us. Put in your address. They'll tell you who your legislators are, and email them directly from the website. They'll give you the telephone numbers to call them. And you don't have to have a big, long uh, you know, explanation. If you just say, vote no on AB 665, 957, 1078, and 596, they'll count that. And, they, and, if, and if thousands of people call them, we can stop these bills. Uh, before we move on to the, our, our last topic, any, any further thoughts or any of the really bad bills that you're following, Deborah? No, I think you pretty much wrapped it up nicely. Um, almost all of it is targeting our children and that our, God's children are not for sale. Yes. And they're, and, and they're also not for castrating, mutilating and sterilizing. Well, that I think is, uh, medical malpractice. 
And, and I think just before we go on, hitting them financially, you mentioned the case where the school district paid $100,000 in settlement. Um, uh, there's a there's a lawsuit being had against Kaiser for transitioning transitioning quote unquote a child and uh, if he if he if he hit them financially they uh, the school districts and the medical establishment may think twice before doing that to uh, to more children. I, I want um, to touch on something that you said a little the, bit earlier about these uh, the the the. Uh, Minority children being the ones that are targeting those families, you know, really disliking it. Uh, but there's nothing they can do about it. They're working class families. So they're targeting those that cannot even afford to, uh, you know, file a lawsuit. And that is where it's important. And they have, they have our tax dollars that they use to hire attorneys to fight back against these families. So I would also just like to say lexrex.org is a good place to go if you want to help some of these families out. And that would be L-E-X, R-E-X dot org? Lex Rex, you know, the law is king. L-E-X, R-E-X dot org, yes. Ooh, the warrior goddess speaks Latin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Um, we got about six minutes left in the show, and I had a great clip, uh, which we're not going to play because it's about three minutes long. We'll take up, we'll take up a half hour remaining time. But the essence of the clip, it's a, it's a conversation between, um, uh, Michael Knowles and Alex Epstein, who wrote a book explaining the benefits and the essential nature of, of, of fossil fuels. If you want to have a modern, if you want to have a modern lifestyle, if you want to support a planet with seven billion people on it and not have them starve to death. Fossil fuels are absolutely necessary. And we, and the, the key point that he made in the longer video, which is well worthwhile if you search for it, and you'll surely come up, is that the goal of environmental policy is not to protect the fungus and the frogs and the insects. The goal of all government policy should be human flourishing. Now, part of that is is having a clean environment. It's having clean air to breathe and um, clean water to drink. It's having an, a, a nature that you can you can go in. You can walk through. You can hike through it. You can enjoy nature. Yes, that is absolutely part of human flourishing. But the but the goal is not the frog. The goal is not the insect. The goal is making life better for human beings and in, in, in our country, the, our, the citizens of our country. And that was the, that was the key point. But that's not what the vast majority of environmental policy is. It's about humans are the problem, and we need to protect the bugs from the humans. Two stories caught my my attention in, in the global warming, which is, of course, the, the goal is to control every aspect of your life while making oodles of money for the ruling class and their cronies. In London, they've installed hundreds or maybe thousands of cameras to spy on the citizens. And if you're seen driving an unapproved car, never mind you, you bought the car 10 years ago and it now doesn't meet the modern standards, is that it will fine you 15 pounds which is a little more, it's a, 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 I don't know what the exchange rate, but it's more than a dollar, every day you use your car. And that's just a start of the surveillance network. But the people there are fighting back. There is a group called the Blade Runners, out, named, named after the movie, and they're going around and they're sabotaging these cameras. And we'll see, we'll see how that plays out. And the other story that caught my attention this week in the in the in the uh, in the global warming front is 
they're coming out because they want they want to come after your air conditioner. They're going to uh, restrict uh, the the chemical that's used in the air conditioners to to cool the air. Uh, coming after your car. They're coming after every aspect of life. You want to take away your meat. They want you to eat bugs when they're not protecting. Want you to eat bugs. But they're now coming after ceiling fans. So that's that's the latest that's the latest regulatory target of the Brandon administration is they're coming after your ceiling fan. You see, every aspect of your life they seek to control, and under the guise of protecting, saving the planet from a trace gas that is four one hundredths of a percent, not one percent, not four percent, not four tenths of a percent, four one hundredths of a percent of the atmosphere. Where well, are we well here, Greg, here's the thing. This whole distorted view on environmental policy really boils down to what your worldview is or what their worldview is. Those of us who have a biblical worldview would recognize that the purpose, uh, and you pointed out, is for us to flourish. The way God puts it is this. I want you to have life and I want you to have life abundantly. You know, that's what God wants. The way Aristotle looks at it, it's the ability to live a good life. That's what human flourishing is about. And all of government policy really should be with an eye toward how can we cause the human population to flourish. Uh, and it wouldn't be by uh, spending a bunch of time with the minutia of perhaps being able to reduce this non-existent global warming or perhaps transitioning a child into a different sex uh, from what they were born under God in, in, when God knit them together in their mother's womb. That should be really, if they had a biblical worldview with their approach to governance and policy, all would be right with the world. That I believe with all my heart. One of our problems, we have a little bit of time left here. One of our problems on our side is we don't push back on their narratives and, and they keep repeating them again, as Democrat party thought leader Vladimir Lenin said, a lie repeated often enough becomes the truth. So people and the, the polling data, I was looking at some recent polling data in California and, uh, the vast, I mean, 70%, 78% believe that the climate change is their top concern or one of their top concerns. And they're all willing to, you know, we, we should stringent carbon neutral and you got 70% plus uh, want, want, all, all these things. But, and the funny thing was, and we're, we're just about out of time here, is that are they willing to pay more for electricity? And, and, and well, Save the planet and, and, and willing to impose costs on everyone else. Only 43% of Californians are willing to pay more for electricity to save the planet. And I wish I had more time to delve into this fascinating poll, but that's, it's, it's a superficial number that they're looking at, but it comes from our not pushing back against the narrative, whether it's global warming, climate change, transgender, systemic racism, what have you, is we let their initiatives, their narratives take hold, and we can't do that. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Deborah. Thank you so much for being on the show and gracing us with your presence. Uh, I didn't know we were going to have a warrior goddess, but I am really honored that we did. And as always, tune in next week for another exciting edition of Unite, i.e. Radio. AM 590, the answer.